Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name's Emily. My name is Andrew. And Merry Christmas and or Christmas Eve to you all. Indeed. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I I think I just got the most singing you're going to get out of me. That's mm. only because it's early. I'm drinking coffee, and I can at least blame being pitchy on trying to hit low notes. Yeah, I'm also drinking coffee out of my uh, Rude Bird mug that we talked about with Sadie Dupuy uh, in the Joys of the Studio episode. But the coffee I'm drinking, I picked up uh, at a place I played in Whidbey Island last Saturday. Ooh, and if you're, and if, if you dear listeners are thinking, oh, she played a coffee shop, I'll say, no, you'd be wrong. I played a gas station. Oh, <laughs> well, Whidbey Islands pretty is, cool. is kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool little setup. It's um, it's like a gas station convenience store during the day, and then they also have actually one of the better burgers I've had in Seattle area, um, though, and like beer on tap, and this little outdoor area. Well, it's it's actually it's like um, it's it's like a patio covered area, and there's an outdoor area that wasn't open, obviously, and they had a little heater and no monitor but I, I picked up a bag of coffee there um that was like their special it was like the bailey's corner store roast that sounds nice it is it's actually pretty pretty damn good did you guys do a, a cover of audio slaves gasoline no we don't we don't have any covers in our arsenal right now and if we did i think it would be drive by the cars you don't want to do an audio slave cover for your pot band you know, I really only have the vaguest understanding of what Audio Slave was. I think it was Chris Cornell, but I can't remember if it was Chris Cornell or Scott Weiland. I did those Are two you super serious? Groups. I get those two supergroups confused oh. as hell. What? 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 They were both in supergroups. It was a singer of one band and the members of another band. They called it a supergroup and they had like a hit song each and it was the same time. What? Fight me. I mean, I, I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to relish the opportunity to shame you and then choose not to. And Why? just kind of sit like, ju- I'm just going to sit here on my high horse it's, because that somehow makes me more noble and petty all at the same time. That makes you very petty, man. Those were not like important rock bands. I beg to differ. The bands they were in originally were more important. Okay. It was, was obviously Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like Chris Cornell. What was the backing band? Uh, let's see here. Uh, it was the... Was it Rage Against the Machine? Essentially, yeah. See, I had the general idea, Ray. Tom, Tom Morello was the guitar player and did some super awesome stuff. Okay. Um, Like the, the helicopter sound he does with his guitar on the intro to Coach Eyes, or Cochise, or however the heck you pronounce that. Are you describing a um, fast, choppy tremolo? No, so he does this weird thing. So he like he put a kill switch on his guitar and he like holds his whammy down and kind of just like rakes his strings, but also with his and then with his other hand, uh, he's like killing the hitting the kill switch on and off, like flicking it back and forth. So essentially, just a little two way switch. Essentially, a hard, fast tremolo. 
but while also like super detuned on his strings and just raking them with like with the, his right hand, he, like his arms are crossed while he's doing it, and it, like who would think of that? And I'm not saying Tom Rell is the greatest guitar player of all time by any stretch of the imagination, but I just dig the the creativity of doing what you, the guitar was never intended to do, and getting that awesome sound. And then you get this awesome like helicopter sound to the intro and it starts building up the drums. Dun, dun. Uh, and and then it just drops into that main riff. And that is one of like, that's an incredible riff. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, so this gas station didn't have uh, any monitors. And during sound, we did a little quick sound check with my direct and amp. And I was like, this is fine. And then we get to playing and I'm like, this is not fine. And at one point, I think somehow my sound got bumped off during a song and it kind of threw me off for the rest of the song. And uh, mm. the next day I went to trading musician and bought the cheapest uh, cab speaker combo they had. I uh, played that on a gig on Monday, realized that the speaker in it is really bad. Uh, and just all mids, <laughs> just really, truly just all mids. Uh, so I emailed Tim from Milkman sound. He gave me a speaker recommendation and bless his heart in like not the southern way but like the actual what a what a what a sweet guy he um i asked him like hey is this a speaker that you sell is that what you would recommend for and he's like no get this other speaker it's 110 dollars versus the 180 for his because his was meant for more high powered things so he was just like really honest instead of trying to upsell me and he's right like, which is always appreciated always so appreciated so i have that a speaker coming in. It's a Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter's the brand. It's eight ohms. I forget which wattage I got. Either 25 or 50 probably. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited uh, about that. Um, the thing about the Milkman direct in is that when I'm playing a place like Barboza, which we did on Wednesday opening for Yacht, it was fan. Actually, it was Tuesday. Uh, fantastic. It's just so great. Like I know the sound guy has control to do all the things and I have to worry about my monitors. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about like, uh, like touching anything. Cause I know that I know that he's going to be out. Sam's going to be out there doing the sound and doing a great job. And, uh, I just need a solution for those DIY gigs for those art gallery gigs that maybe don't have the best monitoring situation. And just like, especially right. if we go, when we go on tour, just keep it in the car and if I need it, I need it. If I don't, then I don't. And if something happens to it, I don't exactly. care. And so I'm going to customize a little bit. I'm going to get some Pendleton wool scraps. And I'm going to do the grill uh, in the Pendleton wool cover. And I think nice. we're going to get some vinyl heat transfers um, and like do some cutouts. Because what I want to do is Sunday crush. Our, our unofficial mascot is a, a character called lip man. It's just a pair of lips with eyes. And I'd like to do some, some paste some lip man on the side of this here, here cab. Yeah. That's all that's up with me. Well, sounds like you've been busy. Oh boy. Have I been busy? <laughs> I've been busy. I've also been busy, but in different ways. Had some, uh, my aunt came to visit and was super rad. And uh, I guess my what's new isn't gear. It's a bottle of scotch that I got for as an early Christmas present. Wasn't that nice? 
It was. It's uh, it's the um, the Ron Swanson scotch. Uh, Nick Offerman teamed up with Lagavulin and did uh, a signature signature scotch. So I mean, screw signature pedals. Signature scotch should be more of a thing. I think it's rad. Oh. It's an eleven year, but it's Lagavulin, so you still get. I mean, they they just are the king of peated scotch, and my goodness, is it delightful. So Man. even for a younger scotch, it's got a really intense flavor. It's rather well balanced. I, I'm really pleased with it. Yeah, scotch is one of those things that I just, I just don't like it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Rick likes it a lot. My mom enjoys it, but I'm like, ah, I'd rather, I'd rather sip gins. But so I don't think Rick is going to listen to this. Uh, can I tell you what I got Rick for Christmas? Uh sure. We were in Woodby Island. We went to some distilleries and some wineries because there's and some thrift stores because there is nothing else to do there. Uh, we we went to one of these distilleries and they had um, this very 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 good whiskey um, and a coffee whiskey liqueur. Ooh! And I got him a bottle of each, and the coffee liqueur is not supposed to be mixed with anything. Uh, actually, it's a mixer. I'm sorry, I got it backwards. So the coffee liqueur comes with a bunch of recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can make with it, but like just on its own, it was pretty delightful. It was made from cold brew on the island, so that was pretty neat. Oh, so like it's like kind of like a fancy cold brew Kahlua. Exactly, that's exactly Ooh. it. And then the whiskey kit comes in a very small bottle because it was quite expensive. <laughs> um, but they're like, we're not going to give you a recipe card with this because you don't mix this with anything. Exactly. I was like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds perfect. Easy. So that's, you know, that is the nice yeah. thing about like, like nice whiskeys is it, it's impossible to screw it because you just don't like at most a couple drops of water at most or like one cup of ice cube and let it melt for a smidge. You are welcome to do so. I will continue to do so. You know, my grandmother's drink of choice was always um, whiskey and water, Canadian whiskey and water. See, people like some people don't understand like how important it is to have a couple of drops of water because some of the flavors in whiskey, they're they're not soluble in alcohol, and so like literally just a couple of drops of water and actually pulls a lot of those flavors out. So a drink I really like is whiskey soda. I could see that. I mean, I I had a scotch and soda last night with a a lesser scotch. Yeah, I mean, not with not with my Joseph Magnus and not with whatever I just bought. Which, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't ever me. do that to a nice scotch. But I've, I've got like a $30 bottle of scotch that was finished in rum casks. Uh, that was, uh, it, it, it sweetens up pretty nicely and just as a scotch and soda. Yeah. I digress. It was not a whiskey podcast. It is not a whiskey podcast, nor is it a, a, a beer podcast or a cocktail podcast. It's kind of a cat. But it is a cat podcast. There's no getting around that. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our friend Steve Selvage from The Hold Steady was just on a podcast. I I think it's just the podcast just called Let Me Talk About My Cat. <laughs> or like 30 minutes. <laughs> so he talks about his cat Kumar. And it was really funny listening to, to Steve's a great talker, first of all. <clears throat> a good storyteller. And oh, just to hear him talk about like how he first got... Like his sister brought home a cat. They thought it was a boy. She's like, I'll take care of it. And it turned out to be a girl. She didn't really take care of it. And the girl kept getting pregnant. So there were always one kittens and also two tomcats prowling around the backyard. 
and that Steve still has some Ooh. scars from getting attacked by a bunch of Tomcats once he was little, but yet he still loves cats. No, well, I mean, I was attacked by dogs as a kid, and I still also tend to like dogs as well. Yeah, but Steve always has a cat. He says he said that he wants to take a touring van and have one of the bunks be a litter bunk. He's like, I promise I'll clean it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that on That'd tour. That'd be so gross. But, like, at the same time. Don't get me wrong. I like cats, but, like, the, the number one downside to cats is the litter box. Man, that's for, I, that's not even my number one downside. Like I love my cat so much, but the the fact of the matter is, I'm highly allergic to her. But I love her so much. I could see that as being slightly problematic. It's a, but fine. you know, last night I had insomnia and I came downstairs to edit some videos, and uh, she got her her little cozy butt out of bed and came down and hung out with me, and it was really sweet to have a little bit of company. That's pretty sweet. Well, all right. Well, why don't we have a word or two about our sponsors for this episode? Merry Christmas to Merry us. Merry Christmas. Do you want to talk about the uh, the the one, the one, the first one on the list there? I, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about yes. that one absolutely. And for those of you wondering which one is that one, we all know that one is Boss. Because who doesn't want to be like a boss? I mean, let's be honest. So uh, Boss uh, is Boss Roland. They are a sponsor of the show. And I think they're pretty pretty stinking rad. They've been shaking some things up lately. Not only do they have an incredible um, history in the pedal industry and have influenced so much of what we know and is really, I mean, we owe so much to boss just historically as the, as the, with, as an industry. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were the first people to do a pedal board tuner until I listened to the, an, an older episode of the gear slum from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, we, we owe so much to boss at this point, but uh, they've been shaking some things up lately. They've released a whole bunch of new stuff in their new line. Uh, their 200 series is just absolutely brilliant. I need to get my hands on more of it. You just did the, the, 200 series uh looper right yeah the rc10r i just released a, a video tutorial slash demo of that one that one's a little bit different if you watch a lot of our demos or any of them you realize that unless i'm demoing a guitar i don't tend to talk at all in the demos it's kind of hard to do with a looper so i love this looper it's also it's also a rhythm station uh with a I have not looked or counted, but a lot of different drum styles, beats, kit kind of sounds, a lot of tempos, which is really cool. I sent my bassist some of the wilder tempos because they are always like, let's, let's, let's do a song in seven, four or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so I run through two, a couple, three ways to use it. I have run through how to use it as just as a drum machine pedal um, with, mm -hmm. cause you can do two parts. So each each like drum setting has a part one and a part two. And I assume part two would be more like akin to chorus verse kind of thing. Um, right. So I walk through like how to do that, how to get the timing right, how to pick your settings, how to test them out. Uh, and then I show how to use it with um, the actual looper. So you have to, you, well, I shouldn't say you have to, you can sync the drum sound and the, the drum side and the looper side so that uh -huh. they kind of click together. 
And then if you change the tempo later, if you're like, oh, that was too fast, it changes the tempo of everything without, essentially without changing the pitch, um, which is really neat. So then I show how to use that as a looper um, without, without going into the part two. And then I show how to do it with the part two, which I think takes a lot of practice. Like for all the loopers I've ever had, this definitely required the most practice, but I would say it probably also has the most reward. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's our sponsorship from bus. Go watch the demo video. Go buy yourself a bus unit. Uh, just, just do it. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't Emily, you want to talk about our other sponsor? Yeah, so I would like to shout out Dwarfcraft Devices as a sponsor of this week's episode. Yep. They just sent me a little care package of pedals to demos. They sent me the Ghost Facts Phaser, which is just an absolute beast of a phaser. Um, I cannot wait to try this out, not just on guitar, but uh, with the RC-10R, because uh, I've heard it's just really nuts through... Uh, with a with a drum machine through it. Um, Ooh. Yeah, you know what? Let me Google Ghost Facts really quickly because there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's something really special about running uh, a drum track through like a slow modulation. Like I love running drums through yeah. like a flange, just like a, a like an infinitely ascending flange. I mean, that's just so fun. So the Ghost Facts is actually described as a phase computer. Uh, it has four modes of operation, standard manual envelope up and envelope down, uh, 32 different poles, which controls the all pass filters used for the phase effect. Uh, yeah, there's, and then there's the feedback knob. There's just a lot going on with this pedal. Um, I cannot wait to dig into it. I just got it in yesterday. Kind of incredible. Um, they also sent me the tree verb that they released last year at a uh, winter nam and it's a, a reverb that has uh three different algorithms hall pitch and modulated and it's a standard size enclosure and it just looks really cool and i'm i've been kind of wanting to get my hands on one for a while um so yeah i think later today i'm going to plug this in and play some christmas music more yeah. rad. I yeah, we'll talk about the Christmas music later, but uh and then they also sent me their pink grazer. But Andrew, I already have a grazer. What am I gonna do with the second grazer? So that, that means I get it, right? Uh, uh, I think And it was at this moment that Andrew realized all of his hopes and dreams were dashed. No, I was uh I think that we might have a wee little contest but we'll have to see i'm going to talk to talk to louise and see a a contest contest. is this an early christmas present well no because it'll happen in a few weeks but can we can we rig the contest in a way where i automatically win but also in a way where it doesn't look like it was rigged void where prohibited well i tried that's what counts, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and for trying, I get a participation trophy. And in this case, the participation trophy is uh, is the pink grazer, <laughs> right? I will say that the grazer, I have my black one I paid full price for. So not really in a rush <laughs> to give you a freebie, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think 
I think we're going to have to do something pretty special mm-hmm. with that. And I can't wait to uh, get it in the hands of someone who's going to love and appreciate the mm-hmm. heck out of it. You know who else loves the Grazers and Slikowski? For sure. I'm going to play that. I'm going to demo that on guitar. And I also kind of want to demo it on my pedal steel. Ooh, Ooh that, that could be, be fun. fun. It will be fun. I just want to run drum tracks Ooh, through it, but you know. I'll do that too. Shoot. I caught myself there. Alrighty. Well, we're going to keep this episode a little snappy given that it's, it's Christmas Eve for the day this comes out. And we don't want to have everybody spending too much time away from family. Nah. But why don't we, why don't we hop into our episode and talk about that for a few, a few minutes and uh, let's see where we cool. go with this. So I, I know we'd already kind of gotten into, it. I mentioned that I'm going to play some Christmas music later. I love playing Christmas music on the guitar. Oh my God. And the sadder the Christmas song, the better last night I had insomnia and I learned the song, the theme song from the home alone. And that's a very sad song, but uh, I love Christmas music. It's especially when it gets so jazzy to play. Oh, I love it so much. Don't you love it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it. I just, Playing it is a completely different story, mostly because it exposes that I'm a mediocre musician. I'm like, you want how many chord changes? Oh yeah, there's a lot of lot of chord changes in these songs. Um, but I do have to disagree. I, I really like really happy upbeat Christmas music, and it's like the it's the when it hits the minor key, I'm like, well, now I uh, I'm officially depressed, and it doesn't help that like playing music in a minor key at this time of year where there's like no sunshine while oddly appropriate. I, I need balance in my life. I need, I need happy upbeat Christmas music to bring balance to the force. Dude. I love sad Christmas songs because holidays aren't holidays are hard for a lot of people. And I feel like I like those songs that uh, mirror how I'm feeling a, a little bit. Like, Let's be real. Have yourself a merry little Christmas is a damn sad song when you think about it. Like, God, like, ugh, it's just sounds sad. And then the lyrics are the seem upbeat and cheery, but it also has that hanging thread of of mortality right on top of it. I think it's a perfect song. <laughs> See, I don't find that to be sad, but oh God, it in in the. It reminds everyone that they're going to die in it. Good. That's not sad. That's just normal. Uh, I mean, it's just not, it's maybe not like upbeat. I, um, when, when I auditioned for Berkeley college of music, I auditioned with a, a solo jazz finger style arrangement of Christmas time this year. You know, I do have to take back what I said about not wanting to play Christmas music. Um, not entirely take back, but I want to. I want to clarify. I do. I've always enjoyed playing drums for Christmas music because there's just there's just a really nice vibe for it. So guitar is one thing. I have a really hard time keeping up to to do any of the the arrangements justice. But drums is really fun. I I do like playing in three four, which a lot of Christmas music is written in. Um, I have a question for you about percussion, auxiliary percussion. Yeah, what's up? The, the jingle bell, the jingle bell thing. Yes. Do you think the proper way is to shake it or to hold it steady and hit the top? Hold it steady and hit the top. That's not even a question. Thank you, thank you, thank 
you, thank you. You hold it, thank so you. you've got the it's the long stick with the jingle bells on the side, and you hold it facing downward, so you like hanging in your yes, hand. Yes, that's important. And then um, with your left hand, you grip the handle, and it's hanging out the bottom of your hand. And on your right hand, yeah. you kind of cup your hand and go, and just kind of cut. Yeah. Uh, just pat it like that. And you don't have to. You don't have to even hardly hit it. It's not a tambourine, friends. It's not. Who in the what kind of monster is hitting it? Or like shaking I see it? This, I see this all the time. I see this all the time, and it drives me nuts. But I also need to make an addendum of what I just said about loving Christmas music because um, I really want to put a sign on my door because I, I have a feeling it's going to happen today that says no carolers because. I realized a few years ago when I was at the zoo lights thing and there were a lot of like Dickens era carolers there that they are my clowns. I am a little terrified of them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I do not like Dickens era carolers or any carolers. They freak me out so bad. I don't know. What about people named Carol? I don't know any carols except Carol King. And I love her to death. Okay. That's fair. Well, before I get too far away from uh, the uh, underlying truth that I am also a percussionist at heart that's run throughout the podcast, I I do have a fun story of one time I was playing a Christmas concert uh, as percussion. I was playing the uh, the blocks and uh, it's well, what's what's the name of the song? It's like giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Let's go. Sleigh ride. Sleigh ride. Yeah. Uh, so there's, uh, depending on how it's arranged, there's like that little bit on the blocks, like, like just kind of, uh, like hanging in the background of the song with the percussion. So I remember I was, I was playing this in an orchestra and I was getting really into it cause you know, it's just a fun song. It was one of those, like normally orchestras look pretty stoic, but we, we were all having a good time and I'm playing the mallets on these pretty, pretty sing hard and the end of one of the mallets flung off. Oh, Lord. And I'm, you know, percussion sits at the back of the orchestra. It flung off and went right in the back of the head of the alto sax player. <laughs> and it like, it hit him he in a way. Coming. That... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it hit the poor guy in a way that like, it like forced his face into his sax and it made like this duck quack sound. Oh, buddy. Just, like super loud. And then everybody's like tr- and then he's surrounded by wind instruments who are all trying not to laugh while also playing. Like it nearly derailed the song. And I'm sitting here like, I've only got one mallet. Uh, and that's why you practice your rudiments. So you can play all of your parts with one hand. Oof. That reminds me of our show at the grocery store. Not only could I not hear myself and not only did my volume get cut. In the last two songs, the drummer, his kick pedal broke. Oh no! I've had that happen to me before. That's always oh a hoot. Oh my god! Oh my god! I made up for every all of those problems Tuesday opening for yacht, and that's really all that mattered to me. That yacht saw us, and we saw yacht, and we all mutually liked each other. Also, okay, I gotta derail. So I was in the green room at Barboza, and I sent this around to to our patrons chat. <clears throat> And to Andrew, because Andrew's always interested in green rooms. Uh, it was, ah, God, everyone else knew exactly who this, like, hip-hop artist was right above us. <clears throat> and I just forgot his name. But he was apparently just bringing down the house. And w- when I say that, I mean, uh, our green room was underneath 
his stage and like audience area because there's the upper floor and the lower floor venues and you can't hear anything really, but the floor was bouncing up and down. Like in the in, as a result, our ceiling was bouncing up and down and we're all looking up and Claire from yacht says, this seems genuinely unsafe. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go stand in the doorway. That seems like, the you know, thing. I only half watched that video and I was really confused as to what was going on because all I saw was a video facing up at his ceiling and I just heard, ear, ear, ear. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I'm getting flashbacks to college of like living in like a, like a dorm building where you hear the, the dorm above you. Clearly someone is having, having sex, consensual Hope. relationships. And I just watched the video. I'm like, why is someone like, is there an apartment above the green room? I was so well, confused. During soundtrack, we kind of thought that might've been the, like we're like is somebody is that like a like a weird room above us and then we realized it was the stage area room. I was well, I so was, that, I was so you sent the it. first you sent the first video and I and I'm like this is really strange and then you sent like several videos like after that I'm like I I'm not gonna lie I I I, I was kind of impressed like that was going on for a while but I guess that's not the case. <laughs> no, that was that was that an explains audience. a few things. That, it was only a 45 minute set, thank God. And the people at Numas were like, that's pretty normal. But they were still checking it out. Just like they had us close our green room door to see how the air was moving, because I guess that was important. I guess that they designed it so that there would be give, but uh, it was they maybe should have warned us because we were very concerned. I was more concerned that a water pipe would break. Personally, like I thought that was the most likely scenario. But yeah, there was like a whole. It, like right outside the green room you could see a wall i think there was a hole at least like at least a half an inch going back and forth like very visible and and you could feel the air coming out and it was pretty scary oh that that's just the termites don't mind them god them, them termites <laughs> are banging oh man you, and you just went and said the the, the r word the the rain what word which reminds me i've got a uh, rain. What, what did I say? Rain. And it's been. Oh no, you didn't say rain. You said like a water pipe. It just okay. reminded me of rain, like flooding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just a little upset. My 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 Fox Cairo work area is like kind of flooded uh, out right now. Yeah, this is a lot of rain for Seattle, and people will not understand it. it. It's a lot people of rain. Understand Seattle doesn't used to downpours. We have like a smear that happens like constantly in the winter. Well, we got like three inches in 24 hours. It was insane. It's like even my workplace, which is like a rather nice facility. We're getting like leaks through the ceiling, like break, like the ceiling was breaking open. <sighs> yeah. It is the rainiest day in Seattle in the past 10 years. <clears throat> yep. So, uh, I, I mean, I, my work area is like in a, I've got like a nice enclosed covered porch mm -hmm. area. Which is great because I get to all the, the fresh air and I don't have to worry about ventilation or anything. Mm -hmm. And, but I mean, it just, it, it rained so hard. It like came through the slats mm -hmm. in the covered, covered port. So just, yeah. everything's soaked. Well, um, to get back to Christmas really quickly. Um, do you know what this Christmas will be the anniversary of? The birth of Jesus. Well, no. And I, I know you don't truly believe that Jesus was born on December 25th. Exactly. No, it would have been probably more like April or May, probably traditionally around the time where we celebrate Easter, but ironic. Um, 
No, it will be the 22nd anniversary of me getting my first guitar. I got my first guitar on Christmas when I was eight. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, best and most life-changing Christmas present ever. <laughs> well, hopefully that's the, the case for my for my little one because uh, they are getting you told a us. stringed instrument. Yeah, yeah. that... Um... Uh, I, I did... I. I think last time I mentioned it on the show, I was thinking about it and I did end up jumping for it and uh, I'm, I've already opened it up and inspected, nice. you know, just because just that's wait, a little bit, just to make sure that it survived the shipping process. Of course, no, no other reasons, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm very excited. So uh, they're getting a seagull Merlin and I cannot wait to see the look on their face. Yeah. I'm same with my niece, man. She's three and I'm getting her, her first little guitar. So I hope, that it lights up her world. Well, I think that's an incredibly positive and affirming note to end the episode on. I think so too. Um, Uh, And to all of you listening, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever you celebrate. Um, We just want you to know that we appreciate you and the gifts you've given us this year have been uh beyond what we ever could have imagined so so thank you so much if you're inclined uh to leave us a review on itunes um or subscribe on the youtube channel those are the easiest ways to support us we also have a patreon we also sell merch um you can shop reverb.com through a link on our website and we get a little kickback of one percent so yeah that's kind of uh those are the ways to support us. Uh, and other than just listening to this podcast, which is also actually the top number one way to support us. <laughs> so thank you. Absolutely. I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you are our Christmas present. And I, I really sincerely from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. Likewise. Well, um, until next time I am Emily. And I am Andrew. One, two, three. Bye.